Welcome to the next episode of Comedy Guy. We're back in the studio. We got all the foam rocking here in the studio. It's looking be out. Um, in this next episode, here we are. It's a regular one. And in this episode, I have this young gentleman, Caleb Brunick. Caleb is American. He has been living in Estonia for a while. Uh, he studies here. Um, he is a comedy Estonia comedian, has been doing shows with us for quite a while now, uh, doing stuff. Uh, he is legend of TikTok. I've heard it's the biggest TikTok account in Estonia. I don't know, that's just what I heard. I don't know, maybe from you. Um, but Caleb Brunick, a big star of, of, of stand-up, <laughs> doing stand-up, doing TikTok. We're gonna be talking about being a foreigner in Estonia. We're gonna be talking about well, I don't even know. I don't know what TikTok is. I don't know how it works. So we're gonna. I'm gonna find out about that, and we're just. We're gonna compare. We're gonna be looking at Caleb's journey as a foreigner here in Estonia, also doing stand up, and then we can compare that to sort of my journey of being a stand up as well, uh, doing that maybe sort of ten years before this sort of thing. So, Caleb Brunick. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, I'm I'm happy to be here. I I always appreciate any time uh, someone that brings me on their podcast or literally gives me any opportunity to open my mouth. Uh, <laughs> not like that though. Maybe. Hey. Um. So yeah, I I love Estonia. Yep. We got a new president, so I need to make that clear. I love Estonia. Um. Jesus, you got to just like roll it out straight yeah, away. Yeah. You really are deep into the cultural <laughs> shit on TikTok. I love you guys. And here's five things I know about Estonia. I, Let me tell you, number one. I swear to God, it is, there is, um, okay, we were, you were, you were like, you were in the intro, you are like, oh, how'd you like talk about is, is coming to Estonia and stuff. And I have to say that is the number one fucking question I get from people. Yeah, yeah but TikTok. I want more than, see when people ask you that question, right. they just, what they want is a very condensed explanation. What they're looking yeah. for is I need the one line explanation that can set you in a place in my head. It's not actually like, Caleb Brunick, please tell me all about the different parts and the things that motivated you. Yeah, It's just why do you come to Estonia? Oh, woman, yes. Woman, correct answer, moving right along. Yeah, they don't they don't give a shit about uh, where you come from or anything like this. They, they just want to know like, oh, you came because there's something better here. I'm like, you had affordable college. Like that was that was like 90 95% of my decision was affordable college. I wasn't going to go to debt too. And then, but also uh, everyone, like I do TikTok lives as well because I'm a superstar D-class celebrity. And there's... Um, I think in the course of like two hours, I'll have maybe like anywhere between four to four hundred to like a thousand people roll through it. Um, I mean, a congruent is maybe eleven to twenty-one, but I'm getting minimum like three hundred um, accounts will th fall through my live. And when anyone when like pops in, they ask like, "Oh, where are you from?" And I immediately say, "Oh, it's in my bio." And my bio is my comedy Estonia bio link, and then it just says Eslana Midevito, because I do not give a shit, and I just want to confuse people. Because if logically speaking, if you don't know you're gonna ask a question, then you're gonna engage more with my content, and then um, you're, more people are gonna see me. So, you know, trying to play the system. Oh my God, the TikTok live, Jesus! We're gonna get to this. Look, all I could say is. <laughs> I talked to Dave Benton yeah. and there are still people that ask Dave Benton what he's doing here. So it will never happen. They will, it will, you'll never get to everyone. I thought there could be a time, maybe if I get on the cover 
of night i don't know fucking cleo or cosmo or whatever the fuck night nice to let or whatever the hell if i if i'm in there enough yeah. enough people will know the story and then not that there's like some amazing story to tell either and then i'll never have to say it again and yeah. then i found out dave still has to say it i'm like okay there's no chance there's none if dave Betton, any question <laughs> that dave Betton still gets uh we're all gonna get and it's just I know it comes with the territory of, of being a foreigner here and you know Dave Benton's the patriot he's the patriot saint of foreigners in Estonia <laughs> foreigners trying to be entertainers in Estonia he's our patron saint he's the man who's done it you'll never win them the Eurovision Caleb you can be on the TikTok great look at what you're doing you're talking about this part you said some words in Estonian on a live oh congratulations yeah. but you'll never win them Eurovision. I love what I love about TikTok though, in regards to like just saying the stuff in Estonia. I what pisses me off is I know that there's a couple of comedians who are on it as well, mm-hmm. and Rugger is on it, and so he occasionally will scroll by and he'll send me videos from time to time. And there's this one guy who like who's obviously foreign, but he speaks Estonian just like out of baiting it in, like I'm here, I'm going to speak Estonian, I'm going to get this audience, mm-hmm. and his, his videos do very well. But to me, it's just like the most hack shit in the world. Not be that being said, I do the most hack shit in the world on my own TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not gonna lie, but like I have respect for how hack I am. This is like next level. I'm just like fucking saying it to say it. Like oh, if he does hack, it's bullshit. But if you do it, you're self conscious to your hack. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, I'm, it's okay. I'm very, I'm yeah. obsessively self conscious about how hack I am. Like right now, I'm doing this. Um, I'm running this series kind of thing about like making shitty slogans for. Uh, different cities around Tartu, uh-huh. uh, sorry, around Estonia. So like I did, I just said randomly, Vuru, uh, come for the weed, stay for the cousin fucking, uh, Tartu, uh, big town depression, small town vibes. Then Rano gave me one for, for Paranu, which was uh, stay, uh, come for the beaches, stay for the bitches. And then Narva, uh, <laughs> Narva proof Russians have no pullout game. <laughs> so like, I know it's hack, I know, but I'm just trying to be clever about being a hack. It's just. I know how how fucking like back ass that sounds. By the way, <laughs> maybe. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. We there's clearly a, a depth of topic there getting on. So, okay. So you, uh, how long have you been living in Estonia for right now? I moved here August first, twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. So, yeah. Okay. So I'll be I'll hit four years August first this year. And how old were you when you arrived? I was eighteen when I moved here, <laughs> and I turned nineteen. Th- uh, two months later when okay. I moved here. So yeah, I came here, you're baby. Eight, you're 18 and 10 months. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was, re- I was fucking young as shit. Mm. And it was weird too. Cause like everybody who I went to school with was easily two years older than me. And mm. I was used to being the oldest at school. And that's just cause I'm retarded and had to repeat a grade, but you know, <laughs> moving here when you're 18 is a very fucking weird decision. Sure. Now, and we don't need to go too far into the details of that, but you do have a partner here. Yeah, I do. Uh, And that's like the biggest thing is I don't tell people that because I hate the fact I even I mean, I make the jokes about the foreigner trap like, oh, you met a girl. Mm. But it's like I wouldn't say that my girl was 100 percent part of my decision. She was part of that decision. Mm. Like there was obviously the thought there. But um, I found out of I found out of Estonia because of her. And then we had started dating uh, 2015. Mm -hmm. So I came to Estonia my first time in 2015 twice and then I was came here for two summers to spend time with her and her family and we did long distance for two years and stuff and then I was like I was looking down the barrel of okay four years in the states and possibly going into a ton of debt or 
I had a really good setup in Estonia where I had affordable housing, affordable education, and I was like, I'm a, I'm a full adult essentially. I didn't have to wait to those 21 to legally drink. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to come to Estonia. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> affordable housing. <laughs> Parents pay for it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Welcome to Estonia. Affordable housing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gay flight. Yeah, you know, that's my that's my EBS marketing. There's always a, an appropriate way to phrase the the phrase what you're saying. And I say affordable education. I still don't pay my education either. So it's like I'm not in debt or anything. So I made the the smooth move. Sure. Okay. So you've got the girlfriend, and so sort of the girlfriend is sort of part of it. Yeah. But I can. Okay. I understand that. That uh, I have certainly uh, made. If you want to say mistakes in my life of moving places where I thought that I was going somewhere and basically it was just like there was, you know, a woman there and then I didn't like the place very much or then yeah. I un only understood later that this wasn't a place for me. I lived in Sweden for like two years and it just was not a place for me. I've still got PTSD from the experience, <laughs> man. You fucking, Ikea, I have a hard enough time going to Ikea these days, okay? Like yeah. it's... Um, you got meatballed I out. I didn't fit. Yeah, too many meatballs, too too much Muki Bras Fenska. Couldn't take it. <laughs> so yeah, that you found uh, that you came here and you're able to find your own life, and I think that's important that you're able to find your own place. Yeah. So um, what a lot of people don't get about me, or they actually I don't tell people, is that you know my dad's a diplomat, and before that he was a marine. Uh, so he's a retired Marine. I learned that I made a mistake in the TikTok and I got a lot of shit for that. Um, what did you say? He was a current Marine. I said he was an ex-Marine. Yeah. Um, no, thing? because ex, ex refers to a dishonorable discharge. Oh, he was honorably discharged. Okay. So half my comments in one TikTok is just like, he's going to kill you for saying that. My dad saw the video, didn't give a shit. Um, but anyways, you know, I grew up overseas my entire life. So I grew up in Japan, in Okinawa. Um, I did. Uh, we had a tour in Kenya for two years, we did two years in Germany, three in Turkey, and the rest of the time was kind of filtered throughout parts of the United States. Mm. Um, and so, honestly, I've been in, by the time I was graduating in 2017 from high school, in that year, um, my senior year, we actually got evacuated from Turkey on Halloween 2016 due to a terrorist threat. The U.S. had enough intel that was saying, oh, okay, there's a viable threat against non-essential personnel at the embassy, specifically families, because mm. uh, all the Americans kind of live in a singular community um, it, throughout the world at these embassies. Mm. So they evacuated all the non-essential personnel, and me and my dad and my sister got sent back to Washington, D.C. Uh, for six months. And to me, that was such a culture shock of going to an American high school. Like, I went from being in a graduating class of 36 international kids who had only ever gone to international school to being in a graduating class of a thousand kids who had n never gone to anywhere outside of school but Arlington, Virginia. Mm. And I was like, wow, do not like this at all. Um, what would you say is a common personality trait or traits of the, the international kid who's grown up in international schools? Like... I can say something outlandish, you won't get offended by it, and you'll correct me about why I'm wrong in the terms of actually using data, using a finite point. I remember there was, we would have discussions because we were in Turkey, right on the border with Syria, and we had ISIS threats in Turkey. We had mm -hmm. shootings in Istanbul. This was, I remember there was one time we had a bombing in the middle of the day happen in near, like, I think it was Taksim Square, and a like four German tourists got blown up by a jihadist. And 
I'm just sitting in study hall and my teacher says it and I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, what was the homework again? And it, I, it caught me 20 seconds, 20 seconds later, like, what the fuck did I just say? Like, mm. people have died, I don't give a shit. Um, of course, that doesn't phase you as much, but more important, like, you can say that and you can really justify and ask why these questions, why is this happening? What are the solutions we can look at? We can really analyze it. Now, I went ahead and made a claim saying, um, back in the States, uh, I think that Twitter for Syrian refugees and Syrians is one of the most powerful tools that they can utilize to explain to the world what they're experiencing in, say, in, in Damascus, in, in these refugee camps, because that's firsthand experience. And then I had kids who were my peers who were saying, uh, I don't know if we should trust Twitter because it's a social media account and not to mention um, they're not verified. And then they also were saying, uh, you know, how do we really take up an opinion from this this uh, firsthand data when someone else hasn't reviewed it? It's not reviewed. I said, you're going to wait 10, 10 years for someone to review this history. Review what's literally happening right now. Two people on the other side of the world. And you're just going to fucking blow it off. Like you actually have the ability to make change in the world if you really want to, but you don't. And then you're going to go back and then they would immediately flip back to talking about whatever was relevant to them regards to their cars, sports or something. Well, they're going to do it, of course, because that's all is what around them. You get a freaking bomb being blown up five streets away. Yeah. That's what's relevant to you. But I mean, the way you also put it there, like it's not there that that opinion that that person expressed in your high school not completely off so yeah. first of all if you try to break it down so they're immediately skeptical of anything on twitter like yeah. not a bad thing for an american to be no i would say first of all this was like, also prior to trump as well so there is, i mean i'm okay. not saying it's perfect sure, sure, but it's sure. not the same state of twitter as now yeah. and i was more concerned about this is that it wasn't just like a standard these are the kind of conversations i'd have at lunch in turkey mm -hmm. with my friends yeah. like we would we'd go from porn to geopolitics sure. um but then we were in a class called theory of knowledge in the ib program where you're specifically asked to make questions to give answers to readily analyze to readily analyze uh concepts and thoughts mm -hmm. this is the attempt of the class and you're trying to give it all you got but you are going to say um you're afraid to like make the claim you're afraid to make the point and that's the thing is i just think that in the international community you're always the new kid you're always you know you're always by yourself kind of so that when you do have the opportunity to speak and you have the opportunity to connect with people, you're less fearful of failure. And that's the thing. There's a less, there's less fear of failing. So you actually can make something more in a shorter time, if that makes sense. Sure. Okay. So yeah, you're out there, you're experiencing with these people and yeah. Okay. You have a more nuanced view of the world. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, at least the, at least those high school kids are skeptical of, of, of Twitter. And I mean, the idea of like, I agree with you in that, uh, yes, this is a direct way that people around the world that we can learn about their experiences. That's that's legitimate. Yeah. But kind of so is like, well, if I see this account pop up, how do I, like, it's a good point. How do I actually know? Now, if there's some media going on, some links to that, hey, here are some accounts you need to look at. And that's sort of, <coughs> I also wouldn't know like, okay, is this some Syrian bloke or what? And I, I told, mm. I wholeheartedly understand the point in of it being, you don't know, I'm not saying, let me baby backtrack a little bit from the from a singular Twitter post, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's inappropriate that to make claims and opinions based upon. But if there is if there is massive amounts of tweets, there's massive amount of videos, photographic evidence coming out about a certain situation. Sure. And you can kind of piece it together right. if if the New York Times can go ahead and piece together 
um, the riots of the Capitol building on July on January sixth from various telephone, uh, sorry, from various cell phone videos that were then posted to Twitter. If they can do that, we can fucking figure out Syria in the same kind of situation. And this is where my point is: like we inherently in the West, we don't care. Like that's that's the end of the day. We just don't care, and it only it only we only care when it happens to us. And that was kind of my thing as well. It's just like you only care unless it's happening to you and. Most people, I feel like, don't want to fucking make change or they don't want to work. Or I think that's a human thing. Yeah. Like it's the, unfortunately, going through history, that's the human thing. Unless it's right in front of us. Yeah, you know, guess what? Unless it's affecting us. And these days, it's easier to be caught out on social media or online. Like, you said this once, and now you're doing different because it happened to you. And I'm like, yeah, maybe you're a piece of shit. Maybe you're a human who's learning. Anyway. I mean, that's... Uh it is human nature, but it's also like some human nature you can kind of avoid. If you know that there's a specific mindset that a place has mm. um, and you kind of want to avoid that, that you can move somewhere else. And that's kind of the reason if I go full circle, like why I ended up here is that mm. um, I knew I was coming to Eastern Europe, but it's branded as Northern Europe. So, oh my God, you Estonians will fucking brand the shit out of it. We're Nordic. And it's just like. Fucking your Baltic. Be proud. I don't know. Um, no one wants to be Baltic, though. That's the thing. See, why? that's why I didn't call this comedy Baltics. Yeah. I had the original idea mm-hmm. that in Latvia and Lithuania, I'd be like, oh, I won't bother to use two separate brands. I'll just use comedy Baltics and it'll work. But, oh, Estonia's established, so I'll leave comedy Estonia. And then even after a while, I even like those poor fucks down in Latvia, they will accept the word Baltic. Yeah, but they shouldn't have to. No, don't accept Baltic, my dear Latvian friends. All right, there you you've been oppressed. That your airline, your national airline, <laughs> is called Air Baltic. Think about how much that you guys have been goddamn gaslighted. Do you think Estonia would put up with a stone with Air Baltic? Being the national carrier, the pride of the country. No fucking way would we put up with that. But the Latvians do. So I've, I'm like on a course, like don't accept Baltic. Bal- what do you mean Baltic? What does that even fucking... Well, I, like we're supposed to identify at it. No. Well, the thing is that, you know, I feel the same. Like, in okay, so in America, you know, uh, you know the term New England, right? Mm-hmm. It refers to the original colonies that were English colonies. Mm-hmm. Now I'm from New York. I'm not a New Englander because New York is, in a, is not a colony that was um, of English descent. It's a Dutch colony. And so for me, you know, when I think about our history, it's just I'm not in New England. I can't call myself that in the same way. Because also I was applying to schools in the States. I couldn't get um, like uh, I couldn't get scholarships and I couldn't get financial help because I wasn't a New Englander because my parents didn't live in New England. Mm. Um, so that being said, you know, when I come here, it's like you're Baltic. Just own it. Own it. If the... <laughs> Why are you fucking calling yourself Nordic and then rebranding to try to rip off Sweden? Who the fuck wants to be Sweden? It's well, that's okay. That is something I can get behind. Who the hell wants to be Sweden? Yeah, exactly. But this why is, do you need to say like who needs like we're in the Baltics? Who the fuck wants to be the Baltic? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying it's I'm not saying it's a pretty word. I'm what just saying great brands? We've already discussed Air Baltic. Yeah. What other great brands have Baltic in them? Baltic uh, Bolt has a V a B in it. So Bolt has yeah. a B in yeah. it. No, I'm not saying it's a okay. good. I'm not Look, saying it's a good argument. This episode has degenerated to Sesame Street. <laughs> I'm not saying my. I'm not saying I have a valid point or anything. I'm just saying I have a point. 
Um, with what about that? Uh, there's that company that makes like crisps and snacks and chips in a packet it, and oh, stuff is like that. that. Phaser? Uh, they make chocolate. Fa- Fazer. Yeah. Fazer. But uh, no, there's a company called Ball Snack. Ball Snack. B A L S N A C K. Ball Snack. And it's Baltic Snack. But you can go to the supermarket right now yeah. and see chips and they say Ball Snack. <laughs> Ball snack, and I know they're trying to rebrand, but they're like super slow. I feel like I've met the dude who owned it once or twice, and he kind of knows, but I think he's in a huge amount of denial. He's like, "No, ball ball snack is good." Name. But like, you, you think about it though, if it sounds bad, but if he really leaned into it, like, "No, no, we're ball snack, ball snack, bitches, ball snack," you know, salty nutted chips. You know, like he. <laughs> I think that's my thing is that you either can like shy away from something or you can mm. lean heavily into it. Don't play this game where you're like down the middle. Just fucking rail into it and just ride that bitch all the way into the station and see what happens. Balls. Because I don't know what other... Is there something that's so obvious, like something that's using Baltic that's in front of our eyes that we can't see? Because I can't think of what else is Baltic. This is my point. No one, no one wants to... No, no one wants to use it because yeah. it's just... It's ball. Latvia has lats. Use lat. Lat's great. L-A-T. Can be used for so many things, right? Yeah. Est. Oh, fin est. Est. Everything. Established. Established. Oh, my God. Estonia. Cool. Very, very nice. Lat. Look, I'm not the marketing genius. There's got to be lots of things that lat could be used for. I don't want to see something with ball. No. This is the problem. (laughs) You can't... B-A-L as the first three letters of the thing is not something I want to get behind. (laughs) Oh, I just thought of like a really cool shirt you could have done. You could do a a Surumunumagi shirt that says uh, Talest. So it's Talon and like slash Estonia. So you could be like a a mountain, right? But under it would be Talest. So it would be like tallest mountain, capital Estonia. I had okay. It's stupid thought, but I'm gonna fucking make that a T-shirt. Yeah, sounds like something the f- hundreds of people on TikTok might want to hear. You have no that. idea. I'm I'm really thinking about like selling T-shirts at this point. Like <laughs> th- this fucking slogan idea shit. I it could be like six people who are like feeding my dreams of making these T-shirts, but it's enough for me. Just like to sell three would be awesome. Just to sell three. Well, we have the facility to make T-shirts and sell T-shirts. Yeah, I know. I just know that stickers are way cheaper and way more affordable. Yeah, start with them. some stickers. Yeah, that's the plan. The start the plan with is some... stickers um, and give out like 95% of the inventory for free. Sure, that's fine. Well, you're paying. But uh, yeah, no. Hella can help you with stickers. And if you want to... Uh, Look, we're all going to laugh at you, but if you want to validate the uh, TikTok-y, I don't even know what we're calling it at this stage, merch angle, then yeah, I mean, we can find something to you. Make stickers, sure. Well, make, uh, I, sp- I spoke with Hella and she's like, oh yeah, we can get like a thousand for like 70 bucks or something. The stickers, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, was stickers like, are easy. I was like, I don't know if I need a thousand stickers, but I guess if that's what 50 bucks gets me i'll get it yeah i've got a thousand comedy guy stickers ain't no thousand comedy guy stickers being stuck around there but you know and but that's mainly my point is it's just like i would love just i wouldn't mind spending the money and see what happens because mm. you never know like who would have thought that the muhu uh, muhu the fucking sweaters that have the estonian cities on them mm. like who knew that was going to blow up so well big. the stickers are better if you have a way to distribute them yeah so that's a little bit like with 
like uh, if you're doing a show, then maybe you could be standing out, especially at our other shows with the merch, then it's easy to leave that. I know that uh, one of all of our stickers is put into, uh, if you buy something yeah. from Comedy Estonia, then I think they're just chucking in some of the stickers. So there's some of that, but it's sort of like, how do you get all of those stickers out there? Yeah, and the main problem too is that like, the my logic with this whole fucking slogan sticker stuff is it's just it's one sticker per city and it's one slogan mm -hmm. and the main thing i see is people want to hear they want to hear their city be shit on it sounds terrible but i like i'm being fucking rude i'm being like <laughs> like i'm trying to be fucking cruel with these lines <laughs> um i'm trying to be hurtful essentially and people are like oh no no can you do hopsalu next i would love to hear hopsalu please you <laughs> do virma People are like, Oropla, I need, they're like, have you heard of Yokfi? I would love to hear Yokfi. Mm. And it's just like, I mean, I've, I don't really know what to say, but I'll figure something out. Sure. Um, but then you think about, okay, if I have 15 slogans, well, not everyone's gonna need 15 slogan stickers. They're gonna need their singular town. So then it's gonna, it'd be ridiculous to fucking sell over the internet. So I would love to be doing it with like a tour where if we're doing a tour, just give out that sticker, that's that city, and that'd be kind of cool. Right, yeah, that. one sticker per city is not gonna logistically work. So I no. guess we're gonna have to find, you're gonna have to find one thing yeah. that it is more like, I don't know, Caleb's cool or some shit, yeah. I don't know. And it's the Caleb's cool thing. And then, uh, because yeah, what do we? It's, it's, it, it's more effort than it's worth. It's cool, I like the idea, mm -hmm. um, but it's just logistically, it's, not the, it's just too much. But if you if we're going on tour, and you know say we took invasion to the point where we were doing a like a couple city tour or something uh, i would love at the end to be able to give out those stickers and be mm -hmm. able to like give them like okay this is tartu here's the tartu sticker here's talent here's the talent sticker i think that's so cool because then they can take it and they can keep me and not to mention it's like really good branding you know just be like just be like the foreigner who insulted me that's yeah. that's the branding i mean all you can is just maybe there's less but it's about let's say 50 bucks so i mean if you got the 50 bucks per city Sure, we can get the stickers made. That's not, you know. Yeah, and then I just think of, I mean, it's, I want to test small. I just gonna probably gonna do like talents first. Yeah, how to just, distribute, right? How yeah, to get it out. That's but that, the main thing. Oh, I mean, already this is blowing my mind. You did some fucking numb nuts, and now we've got some live streams going on TikTok, and it's already uh, to the stage where, uh, you know, there's hundreds of people watching, and you know, people are asking for merch and yeah. that sort of thing. When I say hundreds of people, I mean at the end, I can view the analytics, seeing how many people came through. But mm. like congruently, I would say that I'm getting ten to fifteen, maybe twenty people at peak. Mm. But then I have concurrent, concurrent, yeah. yeah. Um, but then they're, these people are hanging around for two hours. Mm. They're, it's not like oh, I'm popping in, popping. It's it's two and a half hours of me just talking random bullshit, and then that happening and then it's it's so weird to like to have people want to talk to you and like interact with you in mm. that regards because i'm very used to the to the stage being the fact that i have the microphone you are the audience is staying quiet mm. if you interact with me unasked then i can interact with you and i can be this kind of guy i can be more aggressive or i can like i can be nice or i can be mean and it's my decision to make that mm -hmm. um because you're opting to be there and I can see your face. I yeah. can see when I'm being too mean. Now I have, I have fucking 14 year olds and I have 25 year olds and I don't know what they look like. I don't know what their facial apprenticeship, uh, like I don't know any, I can't get any clues from them. Right. So I can't just be like this asshole being like, you're a cunt. I can't do that. 
Now there, and thanks to that fucking football coach, we can't even ask to see the faces of 14-year-olds anymore. Whatever. God, society's gone downhill. Sorry yeah. for interrupting you. No, it's joke. fine. And then there's like a bunch of... Here's the weirdest thing, too, is there's like a bunch of fucking 14 and 16... 14 to 15-year-olds are the biggest pains in my asses because they'll hop in my live and then cons- like right after each right after... Uh, one message would be like, do you support Black Lives Matter? Do you support Black Lives Matter? Do you support Black Ma- Black Lives Matter? And I'm like, well, what do you mean support? And they're like, do you support it? Do you want to defund the police? And I'm like, well, do you want to have this conversation? Do you want? <laughs> are you going to tune in for 15 minutes to hear me rant? And they're not. So then I just ignore the question. And it just like pisses me off. Like, I have an opinion. I'd love to state, but they don't want to fucking listen to it. They just want it. In, in TikTok has ruined this generation, you know? <laughs> ruined. This is the whole <laughs> platform that you're using to access these people, but it's ruined them. But it's the thing that's allowed me to. Uh, there was this one. Uh, there's one afternoon, and I was watching Carl's stream. Yeah. And for some reason, on this day, Carl had about 30 viewers on Twitch, yeah. and then he ends the stream, and then he's like, "Hey, because what you can do at the end of the stream mm-hmm. is like redirect all your viewers to someone else's stream." Yeah. And so Carl's like, hey, I'm redirecting now. And he redirected to this little like English chick, some little UK chick who was totally, totally politically correct. Guys, we're all here to have a nice (laughs) time, okay? Please don't talk about those things and just be nice to one another. We're all trying to love and hope and just, I don't know why. Someone plays Civ Five, And so 30 little 13 year old Estonian savages Get, who'd known him fucking speak English get dropped into the chat of this hypersensitive little UK streamer chicky and it's just mira vito vito and then they're just like swearing their heads off in Estonian. The little chick starting to freak out. She's like, but but if you're coming here, please, please speak English. I got to know that we're all inclusive. She can't handle it. These little savages are going nuts. Carl is, she's like, but where did they come from? <laughs> and there's Carl like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I'm sorry about this. And there's Carl just apologizing. I'm sorry about these guys. And then like Carl yeah. going in Estonian, Carl, please settle down. Don't do <laughs> this. And then like, she's having to go at Carl. Why are you speaking in a sto- another language? And it was tremendous. So what I've understood is that 13 year old little kids don't, you know. Yeah, well you just, that. you have to like fucking, you just let them be. Now, see, I, I, in my live, uh, I normally don't have like a super active chat. I have to wait like 30 minutes before I get like, once I get like 12, 15 people in it, then it becomes more active and there's mm-hmm. a little bit of conversation. There's always some fucking Finnish troll who's going to speak Finnish strictly. There's some people in Estonian who will um, just say fucked up shit in Estonian there. And I'll be on Google Translate live translating it. And whatever mm-hmm. they fucking say, I'll be like, oh, this is what you mean. And I'll just fuck with them. Um, and I'll just be like, you're fucking an idiot. What do you expect me to do? Mm-hmm. Um, or... What's really funny is a lot of people will put their name and uh, or they put their Instagram like a uh, link in their bio. So I'll be on live and I'll be like, oh, I have nothing to talk about. Let me go through your Instagram account and let me just tear you apart and just roast 12 year olds being like, hmm, really? You look like a fucking cunt in this picture or some shit like that because I don't give a shit. And sure. I'm an asshole. And also, um, I think it just comes with the territory and. Not to mention, I also have a I have a decent amount of people who will be in the chats being like, "Oh, this is what they mean," or they'll actually, or like people ask me questions that I I've already answered, and people will answer for me in Estonian oh, as well. That's something that's interesting. 
Yeah, it's very weird. It's it's um I don't want to say it's a parasocial relationship, but it's mm. like a very weird friendship where you're like I only know you from a like a microscopic size profile picture and some interactions we've had during life, but also, you know, it's, it's really cool too that you get to grow this thing and it's just hmm. yeah. I suspect that when we look back at this time period that there's different like you you look back at each time period in history and look at what is the predominant art form like yeah. i don't know i guess in the old days there were some renaissance painters and it was leonardo da vinci and like everyone was painting and that was the painting thing and and now i i th- kind of think we're going to look back at this time and be like this is the time when we all just started to entertain each other yeah now it's it used to be for years and years there were a few people who were entertaining us on major channels or whatever mainstream. Yeah. And now we're just you can just switch on whoever and be where I don't know who I'm entertaining people all around the world. And that I think is like at first yes you can go yeah this TikTok is bullshit this Twitch is bullshit or whatever all these things are what the hell is this just just chatting yeah there's some chick showing her boobs on Twitch there's some guy dressed up as a clown. But I, I think we're going to kind of look back and go like, oh, we were entertaining each other there. This is where we started to get involved in each other's stuff. Yeah, I just like I think like with TikTok, it's such a a new platform and it's a new medium. It's still video, it's still audio, but mm. it, it's done in a different way. And you know, if you look back at look at YouTube back in like 2009 to 2011, when it was really when YouTube was really YouTube, where there were a couple of people who were really popping off at a million subs mm. and the advertise, advertising revenue was still coming in, but then you had companies posting full shit to their YouTubes. It was a really nice place to be. It could be toxic as fuck, but you also the people being like, oh no, this is this is so wrong. Like this is stupid. You're wasting your time on this. Well, the, the platform just hasn't been proven. I think the same thing with TikTok. And it's just the medium now is it's no longer what am I saying? What am I vlogging? What am I doing? But it's like, I have this thought now I'm gonna show you a like the most basic ass video possible. Like mm. girl, if, if you're a dude, you need a girl, you just put a towel on your head. That's it. And everyone knows that's what that means. Um, and then you're like, well, I, I have this funny line I wanna say, which is the, the punchline of the joke. Well, I don't wanna say it, but they say it in this movie. So they'll be like um, Samuel L. Jackson's, uh, uh, what is his like, motherfucker line. Like mm. whatever that motherfucker line could have been, pulled that strip that audio now it's overlaying the initial one you need the setup bam you're just putting in the uh text on the screen you throw in a crappy filter and then boom it's an entirely new joke in its own right and you're right it is entertaining each other it allows so many people to become something i guess of themselves in their own regards to connect with people but then also i look i look at it the same way i look at young to uh, youtube it just hasn't been validated at a point where because it's so new and it blew up so fast and it's Chinese origin. Sure. It's I mean, it's almost like when you say that having, hasn't been monetized yet. Yeah. That we haven't quite worked out how to monetize that. Now that's a little bit different for you because what you've got is a geographically close audience. Yeah. Which can be, which is a different way to approach this. It's this TikTok kind of thing now becomes more one element of what you're doing rather than if you were just a TikToker in some other place yeah. doing that, then you it's sort of more difficult to, to leverage that off. Now, I mean, it might be limiting for you. It's, on the other hand, it's gonna be limiting because, okay, I'm the kid over the border in Valka, in yeah. Latvia. Why do I care about this idiot in Tallinn, right? Yeah. He's talking about Estonian shit. But for that specific, very small audience, they're really into it. And, and you know, that's, I think, um, 
I like to look at it as this way, is that um, if you're doing something long enough, you're gonna pop in your own right. Like there's going to be a moment you're like, okay, it's happened, I'm, I can do this thing. I think like every open micer, there comes a certain time where you've done open mics long enough, you're like, ah, I feel okay calling myself a comedian. Like I feel good, like I, I do this. Um, and that's the same thing I look at as this, is that when you're working on your craft, whatever that may be, every time you exercise in that craft, you're take, you're blowing one breath into a balloon. So that balloon goes up, it pops. Now when you pop, you just have to make sure you have enough content or you have enough of whatever you're doing to feed your, um, your audience, whether that's a business where you're able to produce your product, you're able to do your services at, at scale to maintain. If you're a comedian, well, that's having enough online content for your audience and your fans to be able to, to produce. Now in my situation, being a comedian strictly in Estonia right now, well, it makes no sense for me to produce a lot of international content right. that I cannot benefit from immediately, but I can benefit immediately from really working the Estonian audience, the Estonian market to the fucking max mm. in every way possible. Um, that being said, I, I still only think that I'm maybe like 25% possibility because there is like a, it's the downside of being a foreigner is that you have to work 10 times harder than an Estonian 12 year old just to get your fucking point across. Um, that may be, while well, yeah, I, we opt into that as being foreigners living so. here, but I fucking love a challenge and it's a, if you can do it, you can fucking do it, you know? Yeah, okay, that up and that, that benefit, there's benefits and downsides. And yeah. in one way as a foreigner, you're gonna get attention. If you do something on the other way, yeah, like it's, it's easier in Estonian language. Um, I, I understand why uh, when we're doing things as foreigners, they don't pop in the same way, right? It's not that, and that's okay, that's natural. Yeah, and and I think, I think it's, when I think of like popping as a foreigner versus like popping as an Estonian, I just think that it's, you're, you're playing a different game essentially. Like one, you're, if you're Estonian and you've popped, you're like, okay, now I'm doing this, I have this, um, like it's easier to to interact with these people, mm -hmm. but it might it's more it's much more difficult to maintain that that recognition and stuff because you could easily just fall by the wayside. But if you're a foreigner, you now have the ability to sort of um, not out. It's not uh, you can like set yourself apart from the pack, being like I'm special in this own regard. Mm -hmm. But then you have to work ten times harder to maintain that. If you've set a standard for yourself and the and your audience understands that standard. Well, then you need to maintain that. And if you slip up, they'll be like, oh, foreigner, they don't, it's too easy to fall into me like, oh, it's just this guy. It's just, he's different. That's why he's whatever. At least, you know, that may be also my own head, but. No, it will be. There will be more memory of it, I yeah. think. So there, there's sort of, mem there, there is, yeah, okay. So in the shorter term, it's a little bit harder. Okay, in the very short term, you can get attention and get ahead. Uh, in the medium term, it's a little bit harder. This yeah. is the 10 times hard, that sort of long bit in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, but actually then the long, long game, I think you do end up standing out over the long term if you can keep it up, if you can remain relevant, if you can do that, then there's, you yeah. know, like, okay, I'm gonna be the fucking pilot forever. And I'm fine with that. Like, it's cool, right? You know, you gotta keep doing things. Yeah. You gotta keep, having something new, being relevant, and that's difficult in any creative job, but at least there's always kind of that thing. Now, you know, maybe if someone else had done a video or something, I, I look, I don't know, um, you know, they're Estonian, maybe they would still be remembered, but um, yeah, there will be those th things that you do. And 
One thing we do know is that if you are appealing to young people on TikTok, well, okay, those young people will yeah grow up eventually, and so it's a lot. That is part of the long term plan. But if that's your first audience, cool. I'm, I'm more than happy with it because I I'm I'm over the moon just that I have people who are engaging with my content and they mm. like it. Um, because for me, it's just especially with Corona not being able to go on stage right now and and having to be at home. Yeah, uh, I'm I miss. It like it irks me the fact that I can't get on stage and just say some stupid shit and like get a reaction, whether that's good or bad. Because I'll if I bomb, I'll go off stage and I'll just feel disgusting with myself. Like I, as much as it feels disgusting and gross, my skin does after I come off and bomb. Mm. I still love it because I know at least I tried and I, I'm gonna the material didn't work. Let me fix it. Um, but now I have an outlet to do it. Um, and and of course you know yeah they're young, and I'm also really young in my career. So as I advance, these people are gonna grow up with me. And the longer I can show the the development, and I think this comes with anybody who's doing it, um, as you show that development over time, people will stick with you, you get better, more people come with you, and you can grow that pool. And then it's all about just maintaining and growing and, and just really keeping that that locked in. Um, and, you know, playing it, I don't wanna say play it safe, but play it fair. Because, you know, there's like, there's like doing it the right way and then there's doing it the cheap way if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess I, I do uh, understand what you mean, that it's easier, you know, it, it certainly is it, one part of this small market that we're in, that it is easy to cause a big fuss about something or yeah. other, be prominent for a while with that one thing that you cause the fuss about. Mm -hmm. But if there isn't the body of work behind that, then it's extremely easy to fall away. And we see that all the time. Someone does something, they're in the media, they're on the talk show, yeah. they get pumped through the cycle. Um, and without a body of work underneath it, or just an ability to be completely shameless and terrible, then, yeah. you know, if you've got that, then maybe you can keep on going. But yeah, I think that I, I kind of emphasize that to all of our comedians, like you gotta have a body of work behind you. Like before you, you can't always control when you pop, I agree, but you can do the best that you can before that. So when it actually comes, you've, you've got real skills to help yeah. you out. And, and I think that that's the good point though too to bring up with like young guys and I first want to say I'm not old in any returns my my career very my Estonia is like such a weird place to do stand up and be able to grow because I think here's the only place you can go from like fucking the greenest of greenhorns to like doing shit within I don't know how long has Tom been doing stand up like no more than a year and a half and he's already getting spots on uh, on tours and he's already you know he did quality control and stuff and I think if he really wanted to put on his own show with two or three other guys like we did with Invasion, he could do that. Mm. I And I don't think that the, those kind of same opportunities with the kind of comedy Estonia backing would happen anywhere else in the world. And I could be completely wrong, but it's just easy to like to fall into this this mindset that, oh, I'm this I'm this hot piece of ass. You know, I'm gonna I'm fresh forever. It's like, no, you have to really build it. And I think that's the most one, that's the one thing I'm the most thankful for for TikTok is one video right which is now sitting at around 11.2 million views mm. over 2.2 million uh likes mm. and um the day i passed i passed 1 million likes or 1 million views in i think like 13 hours mm. started from zero 13 hours later one i still had to go to the store and get milk nothing in my life changed this amount of followers and viewership didn't change my life at fucking all it has like changed how i perceive the way i'm gonna do what i want to do but you know it doesn't change you in any ways. And then the one thing it just reinforces like, oh shit, now I have 
this massive amount of people who know who I am. They're seeing my content. I got really anxious and I'm like, how the fuck do you manage this? Because the next video I put out does 10,000 views. It's like, there's such a drastic mm -hmm. change that, you know, either you start off doing something, you pop really early or unprepared, and then you hold on for dear life trying to figure out what the fuck you're gonna do, or you just build this really slow, long burn that you're like, oh, this is just what I do and shit. And it's- I think the number, the numbers on, like, first of all, TikTok scares me and I'm afraid of it for all kinds of reasons. I'm afraid of it because it's not cool as a foreign guy now to be looking at 14 year olds, okay? The coach took everything away. We're not allowed <laughs> to do that anymore. Like, I'm 41. And yeah. I'm supposed to be like, I'm like TikTok. You're 41, it shouldn't be. 41, 14 should not right, be. Right, apparently right. that's what I've heard now. The new law is gonna say, I can't do, <laughs> but should, I'm supposed to be like looking at little chicks doing dances and jumping up and down with their bikini on or something. And I'm like, yeah, I wanna look, but should I be looking? I, <laughs> if I, I, I mean, I, 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 when I go through, I take a shit or I'm like, I'm just sitting on my phone and I'm scrolling TikTok. If I see an account that I just pass through, I'm like, why one, why the fuck are you showing this to me? Like, this is inappropriate. And if I, th and I'd be like, if I'm uncomfortable with it, um, if I'm uncomfortable or it looks like they're too young and they're way too comfortable with it or whatever reason that just, this doesn't look right. I immediately report the account. Like I'm like, there are accounts where fucking 12 year olds. I saw this one girl today, her account had, was like, like R at, it was like R six, seven or whatever. But all I remember really was like the final word was come C U M. And then she's like 12 years old. I need a boyfriend. I'm like, Nope, you need fucking Roblox. Like calm the fuck down. <laughs> um, or there's like this new trend where like chicks are like, look at me. I'm so sexy. I was born in 2004. I'm like, that's my sister's age. She's 16. Report your fucking account. Like you don't need to be showing these pictures and shit. I talk shit on the internet and I do that for fun. Why are you showing pictures like this? Like this is inappropriate. And it's not like Instagram where there's no real likelihood your Instagram account's going to blow up overnight to half a million people, but your TikTok may just yeah. for no fucking reason. Let's go through that. Cause this is what's confusing. So I don't use, we've established now uh, that I don't use TikTok. And somehow, even though I want to, you know, you like, pictures of cute little chicks, but I'm like, nah, I don't know why. You think I would, but I'm not. Uh, but then the numbers get confusing because, yeah. okay, most, ra you know, if you're a rational adult, you sort of know what's normal on Facebook. Maybe you watch YouTube a lot. You go, oh, that's interesting. Wow, that video's got uh, half a million views. That's quite a lot. Wow, yeah. uh, that's very interesting. That's that, that must be an established creator. And you look at YouTube and you go like, oh, video's got, so many hundreds of thousands of views. Yeah. And then you look at the subscriber counts and you go like, oh, okay, you got, and you got 50,000 subscribers. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, I see where you're at. Insta, okay. But then I hear about TikTok and it's like, you've got fucking millions. Wait, there's not that many people in the country. Like, but it just, yeah. how does it work? These, these numbers seem huge on TikTok. Um, so basically if I just pop open my TikTok real quick. And uh, I give you my latest, my latest uh, stuff. Uh, basically, for the <laughs> for the r last sixty days, let me see. I've had thirteen point three million views on my account, and roughly eleven point two of that came from one video, and the other mm -hmm. million were coming from other videos. But basically, how it works is, imagine like uh, a title pool, or yeah, like a. It's basically how do I explain it? It's like testing pools, you know? 
like when you, if you started an account with zero everything right and you put the right hashtags which i always put like sd estonia talent if i'm making an estonian post i get the estonian tags because i know it's going to pop up if it's not i leave it alone i try to send it to america um but basically it's your video sent out to say like 10 people and if that video is viewed long enough that it considers it a view um because my my stuff will tell me exactly how long my videos have been viewed for um and that's for every account it'll throw out to 10 people if it gets good engagement so views if it gets likes and it gets comments the more that happens the more people it will be sent out to and because of the way the algorithm works is it's only going to show you content that you like so essentially from the back end on an account it's building up what kind of people are interacting with that content mm -hmm. so that content can then be further thrown out to more people but also will these people like it so they can show it to you because then you know which all i mean all social medias have some form of this algorithmic thing built in, but it yes. seems to just be hyper on a scale that's unprecedented. Right, this the, hyper version of it. Yeah, I mean, like let's take let's take the um, let's take Instagram for example. You hop on the main screen of Instagram, you're just scrolling, you're following. Mm. Um, your default in that mode. So a lot of times yeah, you're gonna hop it. You're exactly. just gonna follow yeah. your. You're going now on TikTok. There's two. So you have like your discovery page or your FYP, your for you page. Mm. That's your default one. You're opening into mm -hmm. if you haven't. If you're not and you're following, you're gonna go default to that one. And then that is just accounts you don't follow, or mm -hmm. that is accounts maybe you follow if you're engaging with that content enough. Um, if I post, I'm then thrown into my following, but then I always end up going back to my for you after I've watched enough that I'll go back to it. Um, so you're constantly getting new content and just new stuff all the time. Um, and the same thing works that it'll work double that you may see it on your following or your for you page both. So it's just going to be sent out both ways. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think that to the, to a, to the most part, it is a, it is an engagement rating. Like how much is that content being engaged with, uh, will determine how many people will see the content, see that individual piece of content. However, though, I don't always agree with it because I have the the one video that went massively viral that math doesn't add up to me because I know the timeline of the day. Mm. I posted it at like eight in the morning. I got in my car. I drove to Yuri Circle. I was driving. I should not have checked my phone. I pull it out. My account's at maybe, I want to say like 1600 at the time, maybe 1500. 1500 what? 1500 followers. Okay. Huh. Right. So at the time I had a video go viral in Estonia before that it did 40,000 in like two days. Mm-hmm. So 90 in 30 minutes, 90 views in 30 minutes was ridiculous for me. 90,000 like, oh. views. No, just Sorry. 90 views. In oh, okay. 90 views total in 30 minutes was like mm. crazy for me. I was like, oh shit, this is going to pop off. I'm going to get a couple. I'm gonna mm. get, I, may hit t I might hit 100,000 today, maybe if I'm lucky. Um, and I put my phone in my pocket. I head off to get off to work. I'm quitting my job this day too, which is really not, not for the story, but I, I get to work and I'm like wrapping stuff up with my boss. I pull out my phone. And I'm like, oh shit, 350 just views i'm like this is fucking great i'm doing really well like maybe this is a good joke people like it put it in my pocket me and my boss end up having uh lunch we were talking for a couple hours we had lunch pull my phone out check it Fifteen thousand views mm -hmm. in the span of two and a half hours from 350 to fifteen thousand. yeah okay. in the span of like two hours and i was like this doesn't fucking make sense mm. um by the time that i eventually got home two hours later i was at i was nearing like 150 170 000 views mm. and then uh I would check it every every so often and it would I think it took like 13 hours in total for it to get all the way up no maybe 12 hours maybe yeah 12 hours say to get to a million and then um I peaked at midnight that night at 10k followers and then 
by the next day I was at like two days later I was at 25,000 followers hmm. so that video had massive effects for my account but I don't get how that video was so engaged so quickly mm. with so many people. Cause it must've been the perfect timing of like, I got them, I got Americans at a Monday night at 1130 at night, perfect on the dot that they had massive ramifications for people just being awake. And then that was the massive stockpile because that video has been viewed a majority of times by Americans. Mm. So it's like, it, it's so complicated when you like break it down to that way that um, right because it just seems unreal like yeah. such large numbers but i guess okay if the engagement is being cut down to such a small amount yeah then all right if it's just like watch okay i mean and how long do i need to keep that video on my screen for it to count i mean it i'm not quite sure because i can go into like my individual one so like the one video that popped off the most um, my average watch time is um 14.6 seconds okay um, versus other ones, which oh, yeah, we find one that's got long term. Uh, other ones have got 7.7. .7. So I think it's probably like 51% of the total value of the video's time is considered a watch, but it, they could be running like a Facebook thing where it's like the first three seconds are counted as a watch. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Right, but so, okay, so, yeah, I guess, cause that, that, that's the first thing for me. It was trying to recalibrate what is a lot, you know, here, what is a lot, okay, on this, platform so okay so it's building you i mean and again like fans or followers what does this mean um i mean it's i think the the it's good for you to create content it's good for you to just put shit out there um this ability to talk yeah i mean it's a kind of when you're doing this live on tiktok i mean it's just a podcast really. yeah it's just a podcast for an impromptu podcast really i'm really i like i want to do my own podcast i want to mm -hmm. interview people i want to do the whole whole nine yards but i'm just fucking lazy as shit right now and i'm like i just turn i'm like i, I was like if you ask me a question i will rant about it for five minutes that's essentially mm -hmm. my policy if you see me i'll rant for five minutes okay and um i just like doing that so that's the lives it's like maybe once a day or it's like once every couple of days just whenever i'm feeling it hmm. and then I kind of like people are like, give us a schedule. A couple people are like, give us a schedule. We want to know when you're going to do it. It's like, I'm just going to do it when I do it because mm -hmm. I think one, I, I'm not going to commit myself that at Wednesday at 3:30 I'm going live. I don't want that. But also, I think it like makes it more valuable for the experience for myself that it's more genuine. That I'm like, oh, I just wanted to go live right now. And if you tuned in, I'm happy you're able to tune it. If you weren't, I'll be back next. I'll next time try to gab it, and it makes it people more engaged with it it's like a special thing i guess i'm trying to make it versus it just being i guess there is a bit i, I think uh I, I see where you're coming from it sounds very organic we just turn it on yeah oh, how's it going oh there's a pop-up i can see it right now yeah without a schedule i i dare say yeah okay when you get serious about it then you want to do whatever you're doing to a schedule yeah. so people can see i've kind of learned that from working with carl and his twitch streaming and that's very and even his time of day is important to make sure that he's sort of not stepping on the toes or of the other big Estonian streamers. Like it's fine, it's not like they're upset, but they're gonna get the views. Yeah. And so he knows, all right, he's you know, been very good at going, if I get this time slot, this is actually a time where there's not being serviced by a lot of streamers right now. And it's working very well for him. Yeah, I mean, before you go live, so what's also interesting about TikTok is to go live, you have live, you have to meet one criteria. So you have to have a minimum of a thousand followers. Okay. So that's just like a random criteria. Hmm. But also before you go live, it'll show you like how many of your followers are active. So if I'm and it's very weird because in say, I wanna say from like twelve when my audience will wake up essentially, are they more active? Hmm. From twelve to four, 
it'll only go from like 11.8 thousand to 12.7 thousand active followers. And in that time period, I if I went live, I would probably get congruently somewhere between five to nine people. But those people are far more active than when I go live at say uh, 10, 11 o'clock at night where I'll have 20,000 people and the congruent will be maybe 15. Mm. They're not as they're not as active and it's a different conversation. It's different vibe. So it's, I get where the, where the Carl situation is like not stepping on people's toes, but it's, there's like a different like level of who's active and stuff and who's watching it. Oh, know, absolutely. They're, they're different levels of engagement, right? Yeah. If I'm watching Twitch, that is sort of a different thing. I'm being involved really in what Carl's doing and that yeah. sort of thing. I'm watching it. I would say you're watching it a little bit more like a TV show is being watched that just happens to be live right now. It's basically, I, I, think, I think it comes down to it being like a solo podcast with video game overlay. Essentially, that's what Twitch streaming is. Unless you're doing like a, and you can even say like game walkthroughs are different. They're not a podcast. It's still mm -hmm. like kind of a podcast. You're still talking about the mechanics. You're still talking about the subject very in depth. You're just doing it mm. um, at the same time. So it all depends. Okay. But that's just my own personal way. So I feel for you, the as we're coming out of these Corona lockdown times and we're going back to live, I think it's going to be interesting for you to work out small and subtle ways to turn that TikTok into something, into a real audience uh, and and to find the ways that people are there. Like not overtly, not like, give me a cheer if you saw my fucking TikTok, but uh, you know, yeah. what you want to find ways to, okay, so it's very good that you're just making content. Excellent, yeah. that's number one. Now, if you're making content and you're happy with it and they're fans, it's sort of like finding that little way to convert that into live. Now, there might be a problem that a 13 year old can't come to the bar, but that's sort of not the way it starts. There are plenty of able aged viewers as well. I think like for me there, I, I don't want I hate to be like, it's the before. There was, there's a distinctive moment in my account prior to my, to the one video going massively viral mm -hmm. and had just having a viral video in Estonia to versus having a global viral video. Um, because I even before that, I still had people who were coming up to me like, oh yeah, I've seen you on TikTok. It was, hmm. you know, it was funny, I like it. Um, for me, I'm, I'm one, I, I will never in my, I might do it as a joke, but I would never seriously go on stage and be like, hey, who's seen me on TikTok? If I do that, I will never live it down. <laughs> I f I'm already like really self-conscious about doing TikTok and shit because I've explained, I've like tried to get Rauno to join TikTok and mm -hmm. shit. I've tried to get other comics on it. Yeah, we all don't want to know. None of us understand it or want to be on it. <laughs> well, it th this is like, this is my biggest thing with it is that mm. all of the core guys in their own regards have their own dedicated fan base. Like mm. you wouldn't think it, but there are bitches simping over fucking Daniel Feinberg's. <laughs> Nobody knows why, but they are. <laughs> Maybe it's like three people, but they do have it. And so I'm just thinking it was like a direct way to engage with people. Sure. And that's the thing that no one knows how that works out. There's no direct correlation. Like there's no direct correlation between the amount of followers on TikTok and the amount of followers on Instagram or YouTube, or sorry, TikTok to YouTube. So how the fuck are you gonna prove there's a direct correlation between TikTok to, um, to like the real world? What you do, well, okay, you need to find a way to not identify them and like shout out who's on TikTok, but slowly yeah. over time, like what we're also very good at a group is knowing like, we're also really good at clocking the audience. 
and clocking them over time. Yeah. Like, why are these people here? What are they doing here? Do they know someone? Okay, now, after a while, it's really obvious to know who are the Ari Mati, who are the Mikhail fans. Sure, but yeah. uh, now, okay, that's overt. They're the crazy ones screaming their ovaries out at the back of the room. Yeah. But at first, it wasn't always as completely obvious, right? And you yeah. start to pick the bits and pieces, and then... Um, as a group, we're also very good at knowing. Not, it's like who sells tickets, but who also like who attracts yeah people as well. I mean, it, I, I think like the the the, the, the Arimati reference is pretty good because th- whenever I host, I always want to put him to close the second half, sure. just because he, uh, he like he's always he's always closing the second half. I want him to close the first half. That way, everyone else has to work ten times as hard. Just in my head, because mm. if I do that, I hope someone would do that, and then I have to follow him. Like I don't want to, but I want to do it just for the sake of doing it, because it makes me better. Because if he, if his energy's up here and everyone's, ki- and they're like, oh my god, this is the best shit ever, and then I'm like here, like okay, how do I get the, how do I top that, you know, or like how do I maintain that, really be myself without riding that dick so much. Um, but like, what was I say? Oh yeah, I was just jerking off Audrey. He's like, he's like so high, like whatever. <laughs> No, I just like the fucking Arimati girls. They piss me off so much because I'll put them in the first, in the, closing the first half, and then they'll fucking leave. And because we've been on restriction, I'll see three to four bitches just get up, walk out, and they'll fucking leave. And I'm like, I had to turn down people today. Like I didn't want to turn down, but if I knew you were gonna leave, and I was like, call me back in 30 minutes when these bitches leave. <laughs> so yeah, if you're coming to a show on restriction, stay for the whole fucking show, would you? Stop fucking being a bitch about it. I just fucking hate those bitches. Jesus. Yeah. Did you find this angry thing is working for you? No, it's not. I'm just an angry uh, fucking person. Yeah, right. Because okay, how do you you feel about your that level of uh, emotion to display on stage? Because I would say, and I know I've told you this before, like too you, aggressive. You yeah. got to turn down the anger. It, I I and also another thing I get TikTok comments on is like people in live like, why are you so angry? I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not fucking angry. I'm just really in thought, or I'm really into something. Uh, I just come across as aggressive Mm. um i would say that like it's a i get hyped i hype myself up too when i'm on stage especially like when i'm doing my invasion set my last one i want to say within i had i did the shitty thing of writing stuff on my hand being like these are the bits i want to make sure i hit and i was like this should take me 15 minutes and i did it in eight and a half and then at that moment i was like okay i've been doing stand-up for two years and some change now i need to quit this shit they came to see a show. I am a third of the show. I'm just going to be me, do my content, um, do my material. And then I was like, okay, that makes sense. And I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to be me on stage. And if I'm going to be super intensive and I'm going to say outlandish shit, I'm going to say it. Uh, I don't care. Hmm. I, I care enough that I'm not going to, I don't want to be overtly offensive and ruin your day. But if you, if, if a dig, I, if I make a dig at you and you kind of get hurt about it, I'm sorry. I don't give a shit. I remember one of the last one of the last open mics we were at Oaks and there were two girls sitting on the right, or at least the stage right column of rows. Mm. One of them was wearing a bucket hat, and she looked like she was fr- uh, straight out of Cypress Hill. And her friend right next to her is on her phone texting away. And I made the comments like, "Hey, how do you feel about being the only a stone, uh, the only member of Cypress Hill in Estonia, or something like that?" Obviously, a deep cut. She got the reference. She was kind of pissed off. I pointed at her, and I was just like. You're on the front row at a comedy show. Why are you on your phone? Like you're, 
you're being so fucking disrespectful. And I know as a comedian, I shouldn't take notice of it. Mm. I just care too. I just care about the fact that like, if even if I'm not funny, let me know I'm not funny. I like, care too much. I can't, it, it's fucking I care too, too much. To a point, like it, it is the way I see it. And also, um, I just think that like, I hate to be like, oh, I'm all this in a bag of chips. But I think kind of what I'm known for is like being a cunt and like being aggressive and shit. So I want to maintain like an appropriate level of aggressiveness. That How it's old are you again? 22. Just checking that. All right, just checking that for all the listeners. Yeah. That's all. So we're putting some some points of reference in here. Yeah, I'm You not, just said, I'm going to be aggressive. I don't give a fuck. It, when I say I don't, okay, it's, it's, it's so hard to explain how I feel about this. I know it doesn't work in the long run of it's very much of a shock comedy kind of thing you're go I'm trying to go after right now mm. and it's it doesn't work because it's not sustainable but just like trying to burn through material to work out as many ideas as possible as a writing exercise is something that's like I think everyone should fucking do um I know that right now I spoke with James and James is like I really want to work on my crowd work I really want to I was like fucking do it man just mm. do it and I know I got shit from people for doing crowd work for a while and I was like I don't I don't care because it's a skill you have to master. Me being eight and a half months into my career doesn't change anything. I still need this. I can either learn it very slowly or I can just do it for three months and fucking figure it out. Um, and that's my approach. And then when you put yourself in a situation where you don't really have material and you have to make up shit, even if it's the hack material, you're still working that muscle to do it. So when you have time at home, you can actually write real material and then you can test it on stage more confidently. Um, but then you're putting a lot of effort into this and then you care too much and then you become me and then you're like angry at bitches and stuff. I remember I've had, I've had Dan fucking tell me to deal with hecklers before. So it's like, I like dealing with hecklers and that's kind of where all my aggressiveness comes from. Is like, mm. if, if I'm really dedicated or really nervous and I want this material to work, and I want to try it and you somehow fuck me over by just making a fucking noise out of nowhere, I will get pissed off. Jesus. It's not, I don't do it as bad as I used to, but I used to do it really bad in like school and stuff. I don't yeah. do it as much anymore. It's like it's just, you jerk off enough or something? Like, are you getting enough relief out? Do you go to the gym or something? It sounds like there's a lot of, like you just, all this frustration that you're just delivering to the audience. Like someone just made a sound. Like, yeah, it's annoying, but it's, they just made us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. How these audiences don't know how to react? They're kind of the first time they've been to a stand-up show. I, I know it's terrible. I mean, a uh, note of the gym uh, on Saturday, I walked fucking eleven kilometers just cause. Like after, yeah, sure. Ran, I saw yeah. you on the street. And yeah. then the day after, I did another. I went. I got drunk with Tombit walking. Oh. Did another seven and a half, just cause. I, I just need to fucking burn the energy. Like I'm yeah. running out of stuff to do right now. Um, but I think in in the larger regards to like this aggressiveness, this nature uh, of like doing it on stage. I feel like I'm less aggressive as when I started. Well, sure, okay. Or can, like a more can, professional can about it. Agree with well, let's not go too far. Yeah, yeah. I, would, let's, <laughs> <laughs> I can agree with the okay. You are less aggressive than you used to be. So there's yeah. definitely some progress there about that. Mm. I don't know. I'm just sort of like attacking the audience. Like there, there is a fine line between yes, we're joking, we're mocking, and I'm not here to be like we've all got to be nice. It's not to say we all need to be nice all the time. That's not, there's certainly a time yeah. and a place for all those things. I mean, I'm conscious of it now. Like when I, when I, I know there are times that I cross the line and I'm, I mean, I, I straight up called a woman a cunt on stage before because I was just so fucking angry. Um, uh, 
I don't know if you were there. This is a super drunk chick. Yeah, 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 I remember that. No, yeah, I... like that. That is an after two and a half minutes of that, in that last minute, that was just me fucking being uh, a mean individual. Now, of course, I just get like really hyper and like really like I'm gonna do this, and then I just kind of cross the line, and then it's just like it's up to the crowds to realize if I'm truly being mean or you can tell that I'm in the fucking moment. And well, I suspect yeah. it's. I mean, your your energy is better than no energy, but that that is also what yeah. we know. So okay, there's this energy to ride right now because I'm like, I think about TikTok and I'm like. Oh God, I have no energy to put effort in. You know, just as an example, yeah. right? I have no kind of that. And that kind of aggressiveness, I guess I've felt it a lot during my time, but it, I don't, I just sort of always got the feeling like it was always misplaced. My aggression. No, my aggression, oh, okay. sorry. I'm think, sort of thinking about to my time's, being more on stage and you know when i when i would get upset at the audience i really think it was mostly a reflection on me and my ability like my ability and i'm not i'm not denying shock comedy yeah i'm not denying the effectiveness of uh aggression or energy so not to say that's always bad i guess i'm just reflecting on myself right now that I think inside of myself, I was always a little bit like, yeah, you could deal with that more clever than this. I think I think when it comes down to it, um, l- at least in my case, I because I, I, you know, I didn't see you in your prime. So it's hard for me to say uh, what what the, your aggression looked like. But for me, I just think it's misunderstood more of the time that I come across as aggressive. Mm. I'm not. I'm actually just thinking this out. Like if I go on stage unprepared, mm. um, Sometimes it works out. A lot of times it doesn't work out in my favor. And if I look upset, it's just I'm I'm really just trying to figure what out. Like mm. I, the audience needs to be there for us to do stand up. Sure. But if they weren't there, I wouldn't care. So right? yeah. It's, so you've got a, an aggressiveness about no a frustration with your own yeah it's preparation my, it's, your own thing right yeah it's it's never the audience it may come out on the audience it always comes out on the audience yeah, yeah it does it okay. may sometimes I don't know and like always comes out like okay I see it's a fr- yeah. frustration in yourself yeah and it, maybe there's a way that to to think about channeling that that it's not the frustration isn't bad. No. But then it immediately, if it gets immediately turned to the audience. Yeah. It's like, how else can we channel that? Can I channel that into me or something like that? How to view, because then it's like the audience, we're combative yeah. with the audience. And so again, I'm not trying to say we all need to be roses and delightful all the time. That's not it. But we're sort of seeing them, like I'm feeling bad, I did a bit, maybe I even prepared the bit and it didn't do that well. Yeah. And then I'm like, uh, and then I'm like, uh, sort of a, a combativeness with the audience. I wonder if there's a different way to sort it's of get the mind around it. Like, okay, lo- <laughs> removing the lizard brain of like being on stage and thinking about it right now, since there's no nervousness about going on stage in the next 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that like the most thing is like just, own it like because there's part of you is like you have to commit to the bit otherwise it's going to fail and if you don't commit then it's doomed from the start so mm. you've now you're saying okay i'm committed to finishing this bit regardless of how bad it is um but then how do you get the audience to understand you fucked up and you're trying to work it out like you're trying to like you might say something that like if i if i if i bomb and i like go to the audience i'm not looking to you to like help i'm looking for you to stall so my brain can catch up with what it needs to fucking say next sure 
So I never look at it as I never look at like the crowd as I as huh, you fucked up. No, this is all on me. I'm just trying to work it through. And if I seem aggressive, it's because I'm really trying to figure out what the fuck I did wrong because I'm going to do this this joke again in three days. But nevertheless, it shouldn't come out. The it, audio, it comes out that way. Yeah. And people don't know that monologue that's going on in your brain. Yeah. And it would, would what would be like the most beneficial thing to be is be like, oh, okay, that didn't work. What do you think about this? Like if I was that direct with the audience being like, okay i can see where that was racist on that one if i said this instead would you have laughed and even if they gave me like eh, like at least that's more of like we get you but it does like for me it doesn't come out that way it's just like also i don't remember a lot of my stage time i have to record it sure. like i forget it but then uh, see but then okay but then sort of i i would actually argue that's still a level of aggressiveness with the audience jesus i sound like some sort of left-wing hippie i'm not <laughs> trying to be like all oh, aggressiveness i'm just trying to really hone in on yeah. this idea so even when you a bit doesn't go well and you've said oh and you just said the lines then what if hey audience guy would it be better if i did this or this or that it's again looking to them yeah and going like why did i'm gonna ask you now why you didn't laugh at that they're just some people in a fucking show they're I, not thinking about this at the same level yeah they don't you are and again what you're doing is going you didn't laugh at that would you have instead laughed if i said this yeah i i and also like if i made the joke and if we were on the street like it's just passerby they'd be like fuck off man like but they're like they're stuck in the front row they don't they don't they can't go anywhere mm. um and also i think the one thing that stand-up has given me um is a deeper appreciation for bar staff waiters waitresses <laughs> Because like if you if you've never worked service in your life and you've never been part of a live performance, you go into a restaurant. It's a show. Hmm. The show is a show. You don't. You only see what you want to see. But then when you do stand up or you you you're backstage long enough, you see. Oh, this is just a room. There's a lot more freedom. It's very flexible. It's like a home kind of feel. So for them, they're presented this kind of. Um, I guess the allegory of the cave kind of situation. But you know everything. So it's. I see how it, it seems attacking. Uh, or it seems very aggressive. Uh, I think there's just a better way to do it that I haven't figured out, or sure, any, most it's people coming. haven't. Yeah, right. and I wonder as well: is there a factor here that it's also there are many advantages to growing, uh, growing up, sort of growing in this comedy Estonia scene in the small yeah. country of the Republic of Estonia, but there are also disadvantages that. Uh, you don't have access to a broad range of comedians. You go most of the show yeah. being the only English speaker. Yeah. So it's more difficult to get. You do get influence. You're hanging out and you're listening. And, you know, I'm extremely good at watching and un and not just uh, understanding a bit. And I don't sort of mean through the language, yeah. but the Body language. tempo and flow. And I can hear like, ah, 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 there should have been a, you, you, that, I'm like, no, that, that was a punchline and a bomb, didn't it? because I heard the rhythm, I could hear the yeah. uh, uh, and the uh, and there was a beat and you didn't hit it, which means the joke bombed. But in ter and, e and even if you are, uh, you know, you improve with your language, there's still some level of barrier to, it's not sort of just like, oh, if you're back home in America, you know, the, you might actually be surrounded by more comedy than you yeah. are here, ironically. I even though here you have access to the best comedians in the country, you know, in a backstage it's, that you can talk to at any time. It, I mean, I, when I started, um, 
<laughs> very apparently most comics do not have a driver's license mm -hmm. so they need to be driven around and we go to Tartu at least at the time we were going to Tartu once a month and then it got bumped up a couple times and I think now we're probably going to keep it at a, a once a week if it's possible if not every other week um, and the one thing I figured out really quick is uh, getting into an Estonian friend group that's very well established as a foreigner almost impossible but if you're the only fucker with a car <laughs> drive those motherfuckers to Tartu and back you get them locked down for four hours a day um, anytime <laughs> and then they're you're driving them you kind of put the the implication we're going to speak in English and mm. it kind of builds those friendships but then you can kind of gain from them and that's what I did like any I fucking hate driving Sander home I hate how every time he's like oh yeah my house quick drive it's just down the road I'm like no it's not that's a 45 minute detour for me I'm wanting to get home before 3 30 love you Sander um but you know there are ways to do it and you can get the advice and you can really get into their brain and really pick it mm. uh but I think there's a beauty to not speaking the language and not understanding the bits I can I get the uh, I get the experience of hearing it once in English and then watching them change it in Estonian and then maybe I hear it two months later down in English and it's changed it's changed drastically I don't see the imperfections every day but then I can if I know the rhythm of what they're trying to say I can pick up their body language and learn from that even though I'm not a very active comic but also um, I don't run the risk of losing anyone else's material or using their perspectives but maybe once a month if I hear them in English and half the time I'm not paying attention in the first place um, so when I actually go on stage it's just me it maybe there's an idea that w there's a premise that I saw on YouTube there there's from the English world that I'm surrounded in virtually and physically maybe there's an idea that was pulled from there but a majority of it's just like my experiences and stuff and it's just me and there's that's it and that's all I understand so I don't have to worry about being affected by someone else's because that's something I noticed from a lot of young guys uh, I won't shout their name out but one young comic does Ari very fucking well not well but like he mimics Ari super fucking hard mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's because he just consumed all of Ari's online content for years or that's all he's ever known and to me that would be my that would be my biggest fear is coming up in the scene now when Ari Sander Mikkel and Ardo and Carl and Dan and Ro all these guys are be either established or they're becoming more established that their own personal styles are really there. I don't have that fear of running into someone's style, maybe a hand gesture or a way to walk around the stage, but doing fucking Ari's hands, that's a, that's an Ari fucking move. And if I see you doing it, call you out. So I don't yeah, have the fear but, of doing that. But that would happen anywhere, like in any scene, any time, that there's a young artist starting something new. Yeah. You don't know what you are yet. You don't know what your voice is yet. Some people do, some people are right into it. But a lot of time you're like, okay, I'm gonna experiment with this. I'm gonna experiment with that. Here's a style. Uh, now you wanna hope that they migrate out of that. Yeah. Or that style keeps evolving, right? Okay, I'm gonna do these things. I saw somebody else do them. I'm gonna do that style and you do it and you're like, oh, I'm gonna tweak it a bit or I'm gonna change it. And then it's sort of slowly, it can be a starting point. Yeah. And I think it's really normal. Like, I mean, I, I think your, like your sort of conjecture is that by not being in that, mm -hmm. like you're not influenced as much by what's around you. I sort of, I can see what you mean by yeah. that. I, I tend to think it's, well, 
It, it's a very backwards way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, there is a positive. Okay, what you're doing is taking a positive there. Yeah. Like, would it? I still think it probably would be better if we were surrounded by more. Oh, well, 100%. Mm. If I was surrounded by English comics all the time, I would be better. Let's just put it that. I don't know what that would mean. I'm not going to play that shit. It would have could a game right there. But uh, I'll be the first one to say that in terms of, like, using a comic as a point of reference, I heavily, when I was doing that, like, that uh crowd work phase i went through where it was like two three months of just doing crowd work heavily ripped off andrew schultz i will fucking say it out i heavily ripped him off because i saw what he was doing he's like i want to do that and then i got to a point like oh i can really mimic him now and i'm disgusted that i'm doing this and to me i got gross i got there was a point in which it wasn't trying to do his style that i was slowly taking his style and that felt gross to me and to me i'm thankful that that was the only opportunity and chance i ever really found to getting into someone's style other than like my direct reference of f watching comedians live is their body language and even at that um i most estonians stand still ari's the only guy who like bounces around how do you how do you feel uh, and this is a big topic, but yeah. maybe it's the last one for the end of the podcast to sort of get to. How do you feel about the, um, when you look at uh, your comedy and the, you know, you're doing the Estonian topics right yeah. now and you've already, we've already laughed and joked about, okay, it's this hack stuff, right? Yeah. It's the Munamagi, it's the cultural thing. Oh, you guys are silent. It's the every stereotype. And then, you know, it's something that I, try not to do but i think i am particularly allergic to it particularly maybe and i think too much um i'm not saying that the way i view it i become block a little bit blocked up because i didn't kind of i just got really really sick of it but just how do you sort of see where you're and it's all an evolution yeah. right now there's an evolution that you're doing what you're doing right now you have a conscious uh you're conscious that you are doing sort of these cultural things yeah. and that they have somewhat of an expiry. I I think it, I look at it this way. So if we're talking, say another foreigner came to Estonia, started stand up, same path I did, right? And you made the Surmunamagi jokes and shit. I'll give you shit for it, but I'll be the first one to say I do it too. That being said, I I have it in my quote unquote arsenal, in my, in my uh, rack of guns. I have those jokes I use. <laughs> Right, the American, the rack of guns. I'll pull off the AR-15 and pop them off. I have those jokes, I use them, but there's a time and a place for it, like hosting. Mm. Doing a hosting set, opening the show, Surumunamagi joke, going to be there. Because I can get 95% of that crowd on my side immediately, okay. and I can introduce them to the format, and easy. When, when, I, when I think more of like uh, TikTok, and I'm looking to produce a one-liner that is six and a half seconds long, and I want high engagement, <sighs> I look at TikTok as like a marketing thing where it's like, oh, okay, um, how do I get you, if I'm in the Estonian market, what can I get to you the fastest that I don't need you to understand anything about me? Mm. Uh, yeah, the Surmunamagi shit's gonna work. Um, in that terms, if I can get you your ass in a seat, listen to me 20 minutes, it's a different experience. We can take that time to speak. Um, but when I look at like jokes and stuff, if you're going on stage, I'm super conscious of it to the point where uh, I try to write jokes as an American, uh, I what I what I like to do is I try to write a joke as an American or 
He has an American, then translate it to Estonia. <laughs> writing a joke as an American just gives me this mental image of like, you've got an AR-15 and you dip the end in ink. <laughs> and then that's how you, it's your pen and feather that you write with. As an American, I'm writing this. <laughs> Essentially, it's that. Or I'll write a joke in the, the quote unquote Estonian mind mm-hmm. of thought and be like, how does this translate to America? Or it's the joke has to be able to be translated. If the if the key subject is Surumunamagi, or it's if it's if it's a national icon, landmark, reference like that that needs to be said, then it's obviously an Estonian joke. Mm. So I try to make sure my jokes are. Uh, it's very difficult, of course, uh, to do this, but it's like trying to make a joke that is topical. Uh, sorry, is local to the the country. Because it's so small, everyone gets the low. If I make make a joke about Annalyn in Talon, maybe people won't quite get it, but they'll still understand it. Uh, same with Lasnama and Tartu. Like, if I make a Lasnama joke in, oh, I'll put it this way. If I make a Martin Helma joke in the Edinburgh Fringe, nobody's going to fucking get it. Hmm. So it doesn't work. Um, but if I make a joke about, uh, I don't know, fucking getting corona tested. And I just say, oh, the nurse happened to be Russian. That will still work in America. That will still work in England. They'll still get it. The Cold War reference in that bit will still work mm. because it's the knowledge is that she's Russian, not that she's Estonian Russian or she's a great passport holder. And so I think that the evolutionary step there is there has to be a point in which you become conscious of the fact that you're not being a hack. You may be, it may seem like hack, but it's not because you're taking the moment in time to be like, okay, I'm not. I'm not asking for it. I'm giving it to you. You are responding positively how I want you to respond, but I'm not telling, I'm not being like, oh, I'm a good foreigner. I know your reference. Like I, I use uh, VMC bitches a lot in my reference. Um, and I'll even equate them to the version of LA, but I'm never using VMC bitches in a term like oh, I know them. It's no VMC bitches is how I would explain white girls, Starbucks white girl here. See, I don't see I, when we were going back to that aggressiveness thing. Yeah. I even think v, I don't even think bitches in that line is too aggressive. Like, v, you, have you seen these Vimsy bitches? You're like, whoa, whoa, yeah, okay. Now, and not and again. I'm not getting all feminist no, on no, you I, here. I, I get, I I'm under- not trying to be like feminist about it. Being like, you shouldn't refer. I'd be like, it's like, hey, these Vimsy chicks. You seen these chicks? Yeah. Oh my god. You seen these little? You know. I feel like part of me feels is this is that. Whenever I'm brought on stage, I, I am okay. Sander wants to do his little introduction, like, "Oh, he's gonna speak English. It's from America." Or Popov does it straight out of New York. Like they all have their own similar fucking taglines for me to bring me on. They have to introduce me. I'm in English. I get it. Sure. Um, but when they mention me being an American, mm-hmm. I always feel like, okay, now I have to carry all that attention of what America is, fucking boiled down into a sentence. And if America right now seems fucking racist due to George Floyd's killing, okay, well now that's an intention I might have to, to face. So if I say VMC white girls, are the, I don't know who's gonna see it. I don't know who's gonna appear to it. They may think, oh, there's no black girls in VMC? Like, I mean like, sure, there's black girls in VMC. I don't know. I'm I playing can say stereo- bitches without using bitch. Like you've made, okay, you've used another word about race, but chicks. Chicks. Also, I like I like just being that guy. Basic, I, basic, basic white girl. I basic feel like white girl. Yeah. Basic ass bitches. I just think that sounds cooler though. Okay. Basic ass bitches. And not to mention too, I'm also of the mindset that, um, if you if you in your private life will use these words, bitches, cunt, faggot, whore, rape, I'm not gonna say the n word by the way. 
that's the one word I won't say. Um, but if you're going to use these in your public, in your in your private life, and I know that behind closed doors, you're either consuming content that uses these, or you are saying these words and jokes, or you're using them possibly derogatory, mm. then me saying them on stage, it, it doesn't make a difference because I, at least I have the balls to say it publicly. And two, I'm at a comedy show. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just trying to make a joke that I thought was funny. And it, if you take it offensively, it's not my... I think though with something like VMC Bitches, right? I'm not yeah. offended by it. I'm not like, oh, oh, it's not that. It's a harshness. It, 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 what I think it speaks to, Caleb, yeah. is a very blunt use of the language. Yeah. And I think that there are more subtle versions. Like you're like, well, that's what people say. So I'm going to say it. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm saying these things. Um, first of all, we're not George Carlin being carved, you know, ca carted away yeah, by yeah, cops in no. 76. Yeah, exactly. But by trying to find another term for it, to really yeah. just focus in on this one mm -hmm. kind of thing, VMC chicks, VMC white girls, the VMC basic chicks, even basic bitch, kind of even, even saying basic, VMC basic bitch lightens the sentence for me because basic bitch is like basic bitch. It's like bitch, basic bitch. Yeah. Sounds like two different things. Um, so, One's more like socially acceptable it's versus. It's not, yeah. I, I sort of feel like it's a little bit like using a big hammer when we don't, you're still kind of coming around to the idea yeah. that I could use multiple small hammers. I can be more subtle with my use of language that doesn't just fucking bam, clobber them over the head. Like you're like, I'm going to say these things. Where yeah. are all there? Boof. Um, that they're, you know, you can flank them. I think by instead what you're doing is coming down the middle where I'm like you can flank them a little bit with the use of language yeah I mean I think that's the next evolution for me to mm -hmm. take in terms of comedy is like anal okay I've done the storyline aspect of learning I've learned how to tell a story tell it with jokes the structure like the the basics of that I very well know now it's like and looking at my actual lines word for word like what is the right word how would mm -hmm. you say this because um you know, for me, when I talk about like, because I go to EBS, right? Um, it's a very rich person kind of school. There's a very specific image that you have when you go to EBS. Um, and for me, you know, when I, maybe it's like the teenager in me who's still upset about high school or some shit. But when I think of VMC bitches, I don't, I'm not really thinking of VMC bitches. I'm just thinking, I'm, or VMC girls from beams when i think about it, i'm not thinking about them particularly sure. they just that's like the easiest way for me to explain the reference i'm thinking of which is realistically that that um that like popular girl in high school who would who was like rich sure snobby like that's how i see it. so for me calling them bitches isn't really me calling bitches like i'm calling that specific person in my head a bitch it's just uh, the audience doesn't quite get it. And right, I, it's the label, right? I yeah. Get it. I think that demographic is fine yeah, to take. Yeah, no. It's not a problem with using the that label demographic. Itself. It's the label. It's the power of the word, which is I kind of think what Carlin was trying to point out, right? Yeah. But yeah, I can say all those things. I mean, should just because I can, should I? Or just because I can say them, people will still yeah. feed them in. I, I think Hunt is still taken like... 
I, I think I, I still feel like I'm not opposed. I'm not here to be like, you kids with your language and you're yeah. saying the bad words. That's not it. It's more of a discussion about how people, people will interpret a word a certain way yeah. and how can I use variations of that word to flank them a little bit, to sort of be a little bit like, oh, I'm not gonna set, I'm not gonna cringe up your asshole with one word, yeah. but instead I'm, I'm just gonna, gonna lure you in, do it, that yeah. and then kind of go for them. Yeah. Right? I mean, I I had a I had a recent TikTok do very well and then get taken down for bullying and harassment, and I think that kind of highlights what you're saying. Okay, this also pissed me off too. Um, so basically, this girl. So in TikTok, you can make what's called a stitch, right? So basically, you can pull five seconds off of someone else's video, mm -hmm. and then you can video right after it. Okay. So this girl was like, "If yo dick, I've used like her voice was very so much like um, stereotyped. She's like, "If yo dick is like three inches long, you can shut your motherfucking mouth and some shit like that." I was like, "Oh, okay, we're playing this game. You're saying that I am devalued as a man because my dick is small." So I went ahead and I said, uh, I grabbed my vacuum. And I turned it on. I said, if you cannot compete with the suction of a 12 amp vacuum, politely go fuck yourself. Turned it off. And I said, God damn, you're already as loud as a vacuum. You might as well suck as good as one. I feel like that is like over the top trying to be rude, make a point. And I get somehow that seems way softer than saying BMC bitches. If that does that sound like harsh? Kind of. I don't. I mean, I don't know what's par for the course. Certainly doesn't sound par for the course with today's society. But is that what we're doing now on young people's social media? Just yelling dick <sighs> insults at random oh, chicks. I mean, like a random. I mean, she's out there giving her opinion. Yeah. About so I'm just. Something. I'm just. I was. I just. I just. I hashtagged it. Body positivity. Kay. Double standard. Um. Just because that's the way I see it. And I think a lot of my. A lot of the way I look at it is just it's a standard that if we're going to use these words, you should expect it in every term. I don't like, I get where you're coming from in regards to, and I also appreciate it is something that I need to be uh, more focused on and I need to do it if I want to get better at standups. I need to be conscious of how I'm using the word mm -hmm. because the word carries weight. I just do not like appreciate or enjoy the fact that words carry weight because <laughs> every word should like of course the word has to carry weight but i don't like saying like you shouldn't say it or like maybe you should say it a different way because it it, it it's easier on my ears it's like i do not care i'm going to say what i'm going to say of course it's hypocritical of me to have this point of view because i'm very much so into freedom of speech but then i know that if for marketability i need to change how certain things are operating does that make sense i guess i see where you're coming from because i just to be clear like it's not about to me even about marketability yeah it's not about offensive or not offensive like i don't care what the word means yeah it's more just like i i'll take a step back and say what is my mission here my mission is to make a joke that these people will laugh at yeah that they find funny how may i best do that now that doesn't mean that i need to be all soft and i need to be uh, you know, just a, a guy who never approaches harsh topics. That's not it. Yeah. But it's like, what's the smartest way for me to achieve my goal of making them laugh? And it might be to only go 50% intensity on some parts of it so I can get them in and then <laughs> later with something else. Yeah, you need, I think you're saying right. don't full send it on everything. I guess so. Yeah. yeah, that there's a way that we can like it by saying oh we can manipulate language, we can use words, yeah. use the subtlety of words, use tone 
uh, an inflection to change words. I don't mean, I'm not promoting censorship here. I'm promoting no. greater use of the language to get your point across in a better way. Yeah, by increasing your vernacular will enable uh, your, I don't know, basically improve the vocabulary and the variety of words and how you, and tonality of it, mm -hmm. which will have a better effect on the audience. That, Because I suspect, and so I was trying to, I was thinking about, this is sort of where I was going in a very long way about yeah. this, is this conundrum of the foreigner doing comedy in the foreign land. Yeah. And how does that career cycle go? And we have some examples from Estonia already of of how that's gone on, um, of the the way that we can chart these things. I and I'm not sure that Stuart and I are good examples of how either of us should carry on our career and how either of us have tackled that yeah. uh, situation, how that growth goes. We tackled it in different ways and I'm not sure either one of us really cracked that successful formula. Um, but the one really great example that I do have mm -hmm. is a bloke called Al Pitcher in Sweden. You ever heard of Al Pitcher? Mm -hmm. So Al Pitcher is New Zealand guy, uh, married a Swedish woman, and about uh, yeah, probably about 10, 12 years ago moved to Sweden. Yeah. And that is also coincidentally when I was running shows in Sweden. So Al shows up, I'm doing the English night, Al shows up on the scene and he's pretty well, like he's a really just knockabout, just seems like a happy-go-lucky kind of New Zealand guy. Yeah. And he's clearly really good and he's already able to headline. He's already done a couple of shows internationally at different festivals and things. So he's, he's already been grinding away at the clubs. He's already at a certain level, quite a high level. But he's got a really unique style. He's just so easy and fun. Like everything he does is fun. Everything he does is nice and, and fun. He's gonna hate me when I say nice, but he's just really super fun. And you could already see it there. And I remember the way that he bowled into the scene is that a foreigner coming out of nowhere, very well established Swedish stand-up scene. Yeah. And he did really well because he's a great comedian. It's funny. And I remember one God, I even forget who it was, one of the top Swedish comics at the time talking to me in the backstage and he's like, this guy, our pitcher, like he's talking about fucking uh, co coffee breaks. Uh, what do you have? The Fika coffee break and the, the cinnamon rolls and like every Swedish stereotype he is rolling out. Well worn ground yeah. that everybody knows. He's rolling out every stereotype and we love it. And this Swedish comic's like, I sh he co turns to me and says, I shouldn't like this but I really fucking love it. Yeah. And it's possible, but he did it. I think first of all, cause Al is an amazing comedian. Yeah. First of all, hugely talented guy. Now he's now doing, now it's 12 years later, he's doing stadiums. And so he's doing stadiums in English. So you see his 2020 schedule. If you go to alpitcher.com, the 2020 schedule that got uh, whatever, like how to say uh, postponed due to COVID, yeah. it's stadium, stadium, stadium. When you look down the list, he's been on TV. Like he's that fucking good mm -hmm. at, like it's certainly possible to lean into the cultural stuff. Um, but I, oh, I'm not, and not to say it needs to be done in a happy, happy way. I guess the only really great example that I have is someone who did it in a really, really happy, happy kind of positive yeah. sort of style. 
Go ahead. I've got one more thing about Al, but yeah. go ahead. I would say that in regard uh, in regards to what you're saying about the culture and stuff, um, I'm not. How old were you when you came to Estonia, by the way? Thirty. Thirty. You, you moved when you were thirty. How old was Stuart when he moved? Yeah, maybe late twenties, mid twenty five. And this, this is Stuart's like a generation before me here. Let's okay. say it. Yeah. So the way I look is, I was here when I was eighteen. I started coming to Estonia mm -hmm. when I was sixteen, repping the streets. You know, Noma two one three. What all the fuck, right? Um, but to me, when you when you're in your de 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 developmental years in university, whatever culture you are immersed in. Mm -hmm is going to affect your way of looking at the world. It's going to affect who you are and your approach to things. Um, and I hate to say, I didn't have, I don't, I did not have a lot. I had no American friends growing, in, growing really growing in Estonia, sort of mm -hmm. say. I only had Finnish, Estonians and Russians and they drastically changed my view on the world and how I, I approach it. So my view would be um, to the cultural stuff is that it, as long as you're not taking it for granted, which would be that stereotypical hack shit, mm. um, and you're appreciating what you're talking about, then it's very it's very doable. Because let's be honest, if I made a joke about say uh, Surmunamagi, but some open if I made the joke and uh, an open micer made the joke who's Estonian, those jokes are that same joke's going to be treated a little bit differently. Like a foreigner, Estonians will look at it being right. like, oh, you're just you're just reaching because you're different. But whereas the Estonian side would look at it as like, oh write better material so and i think you knew i think the difference is uh there's a limit to like the observations need to get better and deeper yeah because right now you're working at a certain level you're new to this fair yeah. enough you're exploring seeing where this goes but i guess the one time in this episode i'll sound like old man yeah which is always i know like you will get sick of this shit Oh yeah, you're gonna get sick of this shit, and you're gonna sick of like it's what's the angle or what's my personal opinion on this, and it's yeah. gonna or be like our pitcher, which he certainly does have his opinions in there, yeah. but he's so friggin' good and just has a very positive spin through all of his comedy that we're just like I feel so happy. But to wrap up this podcast, I want to leave you with one idea: rip off our pitcher. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I was gonna love this. Rip off his idea. He had a great. I oh, know. Adapt it to TikTok. Okay. He's okay. I've taken Al's concept, but I'm gonna. Al did a show called the Al Pitcher Picture show yeah he we even did it in Tallinn with him once okay and the whole show is he has a projector like a thing in a projector yeah. and the whole concept is that he comes to the town that day he has to walk around that day take pictures and then he shows them he's an amazing improver as well he's okay. also very good at that he takes pictures and goes oh that's weird and that's weird and that's weird and then displays them on the screen during okay. the show and he's got a structure so first of all there's probably a certain level of pictures that are kind of random you know use everywhere that he can easily adapt the jokes some things are completely unique and then he's actually got some pictures from his greater collection mm -hmm. that perform sort of like the bookends the start and the end and you know he's got like a great sort of ender okay. which isn't necessarily just the stuff he got today okay but he builds it up and uh you know that and you know what the formula is. Yeah. It's so friggin' easy. Go around, make, what the hell is this thing I saw? What okay, are you people yeah. doing? What the, and I mean, he goes down to the train station. 
Yeah. And the train in Estonian, wrong. And the train station sire says, wrong info. And he's got five minutes about yeah. that saying it's the wrong info, which we all know. Okay. We've all seen that, but it was great. He was so good at, at repackaging that up. Um, you could do that with TikTok. Yeah. Visit. Like your TikTok live is yeah. like, oh, today I'm visiting Viliandi. Yeah. And I'm going to walk around Viliandi and take photos of everything. And then either put the, I get, I guess you could put them live straight up as I'm going. What the hell is yeah. this? But then that could be condensed into a TikTok live where you then go back and review mm-hmm. that or talk about that and actually make that into it. Like, yeah. Sub, yeah. I think it, I think it would be really cool to do. So on, on the TikTok format, I think what, what I'm getting at is would be the best would be to do, uh, I'm repeating a lot, take the image, throw it up in the corner and be like, today I was here. Hmm. And I am I getting it right that it's like, a, say, a John Oliver kind of structure where you see the image about something different and then he like talks about that image? Yeah, well, on, on stage, it was a projector. Oh, okay. So on he had a, proje- a huge yeah. projector behind him and like, look at this. So however you can do that on, however the technology allows you to do that on TikTok. Yeah. I'm walking around Viliandi, I get off the bus station and here's this stupid Stein. What the, you know, look at this, right? I, I think I'm going to do this mainly for the fact is I've... <sighs> I, it felt like I took it took years to hit like the level I'm at. And, well, it did take years to get to the level I'm at with stand up, and it's like I'm growing tired of old shit. Need to need new. I want to burn material because I want to write new ones. Um, but now it's like I've hit a point where all the 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 hack Estonian content does not fucking work as much. Like I can see from statistics, being mm. like, where is this content being viewed from? Are they mm. my followers or are they like new people and stuff? And so I think this is going to actually enable me to have a new kind of look on it being like, oh, I'm not just saying outlandish stuff about it. And at least you're there. Yeah. Like that's something as well. Like, oh, I'm just a a villiandi stupid because of this street and that sign and that, but at least you're there. I mean, that that makes a big kind of difference. It gives you context. You're there in front of it. You're not just sitting in front of your computer being a hater or saying the same sort of thing. Um, Yeah, it might be fun. Like, hey, and people could ask, you could say, hey, uh, tomorrow I'm doing the trip. I'm going to Voodoo. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell me, Tell me what I should be looking at in Voodoo. I'm yeah. sure all those people will go nuts. Yeah. And then you take the pictures and then you do a final one. And then maybe this is the first time you do actually schedule a TikTok. Yeah. You do schedule and go, hey, and now I'm going to do the, the Voodoo TikTok at, live, uh, at yeah, live at this time. And uh, by then, if you've walked around, you've already done the individual TikToks. Yeah. You've worked through a little bit. I want to do this. And then you've sort of got the, here's my day. I mean, you seem to fucking be able to talk underwater. So it seems <laughs> like uh, then you could easily turn that into an hour on TikTok exactly. of, of feedback with that town. Yeah, no, that would actually be, uh, I mean, I think that would, that's the one thing I think as foreigners we struggle with is getting those small towns mm. as in not, it, it's easy to to ride the train of, of the core and everything, but t- to actually make a successful career in Estonia is getting those small towns and getting not maybe not the small small towns, but those mid-sized towns where there's there's a chunk of people who are going to speak English. Mm. Never going to pack the audience, but you know you can still get them. And I think now, at least with the the, the audience that's slowly growing, as long as they stay there for a little bit, you can kind of grow it up. And I English suspect stick. it helped Al. Now Al would have done this show ten years ago, let's yeah. say. Yeah. Right? Before he was doing stadiums, he was doing some theaters. Uh, pretty soon he was headlining clubs, and then he got bigger things, and there was some TV. But he was doing this early, not like people knew him. Yeah. But uh, I, it was a great concept. People, uh, it's easy for them to relate to it. 
Um, I think though, on the other, it gave him a knowledge of Sweden. Yeah, he's just because you walk into a town and you're supposed to just walk around all day. You get time. You don't just sit like we do in your hotel room or just sit on your phone all day or something like that. Yeah. Like it really gave him knowledge walking around these places, and maybe that's not only will it endear people to you because you actually walked around their town, but you genuinely learned. Yeah, you genuinely did it. I'm a fern. Uh, I remember I was speaking to this American fellow, um, and he was going ahead, and he was like, he was complaining about Estonians being cold and not open, and I said, I said do you know when you're leaving Estonia? And he was like, yeah, I'm thinking like two, three years. I'm like, that's the problem here. Did you tell them you were only going to stay for a short time? Like, they're like, yeah. He's like, yeah. I said, what's wrong? I said, I said, you have to think about the Estonian mental image. It's been like 26, 27, 29 years since the collapse of the union. Mm-hmm. Still a very young country. And all the older people who, all the, all the people who have made their money and they've left, or they've, they've retired and now you got this new generation really coming into the workforce. You got this new generation taking up higher management. They want to keep it as Estonian as fucking possible. They do not want outsiders. They don't want their money going away. And I'm a firm believer that Estonians back their own. So even if you're foreign, as long as you can show value to Estonia, they'll always fucking back you. And I think that's the key point to there is that if you can prove to them that you've taken a, not a hacking, not like a ripoff quick little grab at them but like no i took a took a genuine interest to be in the middle of nowhere to experience what your town had to offer experience what you had and then then you get those fuckers you Mm. get the random people who don't speak english be like no i like you Mm. and not to mention they're not really they really care to see you succeed they care to see that goodness and that's kind of the thing with the foreigner you have to prove to them and i think that's what what um that really worked for Alzi, being able to prove to people like oh no mm. i'm not just some random guy passing through i'm in it for the long haul and i respect and i appreciate your country we should so. do it we're gonna work i'm trying to like should it just be a phone or i'll come with you yeah we'll go somewhere i would love that we could do rapla uh, not rapla we could do rakvara we could do the bowl okay a good one Oh yeah, you could do the for, uh, foreigners tour Estonia kind of thing and make it a day. No, you wouldn't want to tour Estonia. Oh no, Maybe. you could. I'm just saying, like you go to Narva, you could rip on so much stuff there. You could have a great time. Sure, and just you take could, pictures, do little TikToks. Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you. Also, I think too, uh, the beauty with TikTok is how it's structured is that you can just make chains of TikTok. So if so, if one of them falls in, people can just watch everything to cool. do, and it'll it'll be a. It'll be a stellar day to do. I'm right. excited for it. Well, we're going to work on this concept, yeah. okay? I feel this, so we'll go work it out. So, uh, but let's wrap it up there. We've been right. almost for two hours. So, Caleb, it'll be very interesting to learn about the TikTok revolution. Thank you so much and, for having uh, me. How, really how you are uh, addressing, you know, being a foreigner in Estonia and what's your, we've all got our own particular formula that we need to, to follow and what's your particular take on it. It's really yeah. cool, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. No worries, bro. Right. Thank you for listening.